I was just wrapping up my work day as I'm starting to feel a little under the weather today at the time of this recording. And I was going to throw in the towel on the day and wrap things up until I had the zing of inspiration that I felt like I had to come down here to the barn studio and record this specific episode because there is so much confusion in the entrepreneurial circles about the phrase CEO. And I want to clarify what is actually required to be a true CEO of your business. People use that interchangeably with being a business owner, but it's not the same thing. I know plenty of people who own businesses or they're entrepreneurs and they're by no stretch of the imagination doing what an actual CEO does. So because this gets tossed around a lot, today I want to break down what the top three things you should be doing as an entrepreneur who truly wants to own that CEO role in your business. And I'm gonna break it down really specifically. And if you're watching the the video on YouTube of this versus just listening, I am down here in my scrubby clothes. I have a sweatshirt on because it's freaking freezing in here, but I couldn't delay this episode because it's way too important. This episode is all about helping you break in to your next level of success and truly becoming the leader you're meant to be in your business and the success and the wealth and the opportunities, they follow that. All right, let's jump into the show. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You wanna wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy. Success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. Today we're tackling a topic that gets thrown around a lot in entrepreneurial circles, but it's not always fully understood. What does it truly mean to be the CEO of your small business? Like what would it actually look like in the day-to-day to be in that role? And how do you elevate up into it? So often that title is romanticized, but I want to break it down with more specificity for you. I want to walk you through the exact things you need to be doing, specifically three things you need to be doing. And I want to talk about some of the mistakes that are holding you back from truly embodying the CEO role that you're you're seeking to step into. So There are three categories that I'm going to break down for you today. The first is vision casting, but I'm going to talk about it in a way you've never heard before. The second is relationship building and what that looks like as the CEO of your business. And the third thing is making high leverage moves. And I'm going to talk to you about what those are and how to really, really 
be super focused on the things that actually move the needle as the CEO of your business. So I don't just want to explore, though, those three aspects, but I also want to uncover the really common mistakes that I see among entrepreneurs when it comes to being stuck as just an entrepreneur, as just a business owner, versus really becoming a leader in your business, getting into that flyover zone, doing the things that is going to propel you forward and help you break through to new heights of possibility. So I'm not talking just standard growth because you've been doing it for X amount of years and you're putting in the work and you work really hard and you're trying different one-off strategies and you're getting a little momentum and you have those peaks and valleys. I'm talking about really entering into a whole new league, okay? So that's what we're gonna break down today. And by the end of this episode, you're gonna walk away with a much better understanding of what it actually takes to be a true CEO and some actionable tips and steps and principles that you can put into practice so that you can experience the growth that comes with it. I know you're here listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast because you want more than just uh, more conversions or more clients on your roster or the next big launch, right? You have a bigger vision for your business and for yourself and for your life and your family. And because I know that to be true about you, I know you don't want to fall into the camp of entrepreneurs who use the phrase CEO, like I'm a CEO, hashtag CEO life, interchangeably with business owner because it's not the same thing. And when you do that, while you're also running the risk of not doing the actual things that would help you grow into a CEO. So let's kind of pull back the curtain on this one and have a conversation that has been needed in the industry for a long time. I wanna laser in on the three critical things that I just mentioned that you need to be doing each week as the CEO of your business. And I wanna break down the mistakes you need to avoid. You do this stuff that we talk about today for one week, watch everything positively shift for you. Momentum breeds momentum, all right? So when you start to do things that build momentum in your business in a big way, you don't just get proportional results from that. You get unproportional, good, positive growth from that. You're gonna be playing in a whole new arena with a new category of people. I hear a lot of my clients or different people that I work with or people that listen to the show say like, how do I get noticed for what I do? Or how do I become respected in my industry? Or how do I become a leader? This is where you start to get so good that people can't ignore you anymore, okay? And the first thing we're gonna break down is casting vision, which I am a broken record about. You're probably sick of hearing it from me, but I wanna talk about it from a different angle than I have previously on the show. We're going to go deeper into it. We're talking like C-suite level vision casting. There are no vision boards in this conversation, not that I have anything against them, but I'm just saying this is next level stuff. The reason why the number one thing you need to do as the CEO of your business, and if you're not doing this weekly, weekly, at least weekly, I do this daily. If you're not doing this weekly, you're not operating as the true leader of your business because there is nobody else that can do this one specific thing. And that is knowing with great confidence your destination so that you can chart the course as a leader. If I were to come up to you right now and say, where are you guys headed as a company? What is your mission? And what is the five-year vision that you have for your business? And you kind of get nervous and you start spouting off like, well, I want to make this much money and I want to sell this many of this program. That's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about something bigger than just a a list of your favorite goals that excite you, okay, or the random things that may or may not happen naturally over the next three to five years. This is about being able to guide the business. You are shepherding this business. As a CEO, you are taking ownership of the role of being the leader of the business, understanding the health of the business, understanding what's required to take that business to the destination and charting the course. And if you aren't able to call your shot, if you're not able to drop a pin on the map and say, this is where we're going and this is how we intend to get there, you won't have the proper directives to carry it out. So if you're confused and if you don't know where you're going and if you don't know why you're going there, guess who else doesn't? Your team, your prospective clients, your current clients, right? Your peers in the industry. If you're getting frustrated, if you think the way you get noticed in your sphere is by having a really good podcast pitch that you send out to the elites, hoping that they get you on their show, you're missing the boat right? You're, you're trying to come in through, you know, a side door. Instead of saying, I am owning where I'm taking this mission and I'm living into it so boldly and I am casting vision and I am so clear on that vision every single day when I wake up. So the, d- the decisions that I make as the CEO of my business are directly uh, in alignment with where we're headed, It allows you to have discernment, which is a leadership muscle you have to start flexing because now that you know where you're going, now that you have your North Star in your business and the vision that you've casted, not only can you motivate yourself around that every day, not only can you show up for that even through the really tough times, the times you lose money, the times you lose team, the times that, you know, you have a put all this money and resources and time into something that you're launching or putting out into the world and it completely fails. You will be able to rise up and continue on and extract the information from that really tough scenario because you know where you're headed. You're in the granular of the day-to-day, but your eyes are up just enough to always have that horizon line and focus so you can cast that clear vision. The other thing that it does is it helps you and your team understand why you're doing the work you're doing. Right. So we were just in the process of hiring for a virtual assistant. Now, traditionally, I have a lot of clients and peers. When I first started working with them, I would do an assessment of their business and I would ask them, describe to me, tell me more about what it looks like when you're onboarding your new assistant. And what does that role look like? And people treat VAs oftentimes like taskmasters, right? They're just throwing their list of to do's at them and they're kind of the catch all and they're expected to fill in the gaps. That's why there's a lot of turnover in VA roles in online businesses or traditional business models is because when you're treating someone as a taskmaster and they don't even know how they are a spoke in the wheel of this process and this vision, they don't know why they're a key player and they don't know how much you appreciate them and they're not excited about where you're all going together and what role they play within that mission, of course there's going to be turnover. Of course they're just going to have eyes for other businesses to see who's going to pay them more to do the tasks that are being laid out in front of them. You have a unique opportunity as an entrepreneur who is stepping officially into a CEO role to take full ownership of the fact that in knowing where you're going, in casting vision with great regularity, in bringing it into the start of every single team interaction, 
you're not just motivating yourself, you are motivating your team. And it, it serves as a, a fire that burns and continues to burn when your team understands the broader purpose and what they're working towards and how they're a key player in that mission and that vision. They are way more likely to be engaged. They're way more likely to stay committed and loyal to you and that mission. And they're excited about their work, even if their work is in part a list a list of what can appear to be boring tasks, right? This is about galvanizing your people. And your people are y- are you primarily, right? It's your team. That's really critical. The growth and success of your business. You're not a CEO if you don't have anybody you're leading, okay? And so this is a key piece. If you really want to elevate into that CEO role, it's time to start bringing people into your team. And I'm gonna talk in a little bit why that's one of the moves that you make as a CEO versus just an entrepreneur grinding their way to success. But it's not just about you anymore. When you are saying, yes, I wanna be in that CEO role, it's no longer the you show, right? This is a team effort. So it's about galvanizing your team around this. And it's also about creating momentum around the movement that you're building. This allows you to start to put out into the world the mission at hand, the wrong you're writing in the world, the impact that you're seeking to make, what your team is doing, where you're projected to go, what your trajectory looks like. And you start to attract people who wanna get behind that. It's, it's an embodiment of those values that you stand by as the leader. So you're, you're taking yourself from a business just selling products or services to a movement that people are magnetized to. This also allows you to make decisions more quickly and effectively, which is something that a CEO has to do. You don't get to just push things down the list. I'll deal with it later. I'll ignore it. I'm not going to have the tough conversations. Everything you say yes to from here forward and everything you say no to is going to be easily discernible because you know where you're going and whether that decision supports it or doesn't support it. It becomes a lot more simplified. So a successful CEO, they are not saying yes to something because it's flashy or sexy because the person on Instagram that seems to have a really successful business did it and it worked for them, right? They aren't kicking the can down the road either on the things they need to go after and they need to do for the health and growth of the business because they're tired or they're scared or they don't feel like it or, you know, they just want to procrastinate on it. They know where they're going and they take the actions regularly, daily to support that and they operate in a way of thinking that supports that too. It's not just about the actions they're taking, it's the habits of thought. And speaking of habits, they have habits that support them being a CEO, right? It's not just about the tasks they do or the actions they take. It's about the habits they live by when they're not sitting behind the desk, right? When they're not in front of the team. It's how they fuel their body. It's their habits of thought, what they allow to come in and and fester in their mind. It's the habit of taking action more quickly versus procrastinating. It's breaking bad habits. It's embracing good habits. And then it's also developing and ensuring that there's the infrastructure, which can sound like an intimidating word for a small business owner, but it's not. Infrastructure is literally just what's propping you up, right? Like, are you building on a foundation of sand? Are you building on a strong foundation that's going to stand the test of time? So it's the infrastructure you're creating around you, the team that you're developing and leading, the systems that you operate by. Do you do the same things over and over and over and over and over and you don't have a system to simplify it and make it more effective and easier? Do you send the same kinds of email on repeat 
instead of saying, man, I could create a template for that or I could automate that. You have to be thinking like a visionary leader who's trying to streamline and simplify and get your time back so that you can put it towards these three things we're talking about today that are going to help you and your business grow. And you have the tools and, and the resources really to support your growth. So what are the common mistakes when it comes to casting vision? Uh, Well, the first is lack of clarity, right? One of the common pitfalls is not having a clear, well-defined vision for the business and just kind of being loosey-goosey about it. You're unclear or you're ever-changing in your vision, and that can lead to massive confusion, first and foremost, and most importantly, for you. And then also, equally as importantly, the trickle-down effect to your team, to your clients, to your prospective buyers who don't know what the heck you are or what you do or how you do it. And that leads to a confusion and a lack of direction. And that shows up in everything, right? This bleeds into your marketing and your sales copy and how you, you know, put content out into the world or how you lead your people or, or make your decisions. Imagine a CEO. I, I, this helps me. Although we're entrepreneurs, sometimes it helps me to think of a CEO of a more formal, you know, Fortune 500 company, right? Imagine if the CEO of a major corporation was constantly shifting the company's mission and vision without a clear sense of purpose, or worse, just didn't have one, right? They're just winging it. Like the goal is to make more money and that's it. And everybody get to work. They're going to have employees leaving and stakeholders feeling totally lost and uncertain about the company's identity and goals. And it's just going to lead to failure and destruction of the company as a whole. The other thing is you might have a vision as the visionary. Are you communicating it with great regularity? Like to the point where you are starting to feel obnoxious. We now, within our team meetings, start every team meeting talking about our mission and vision. It's the first thing we talk about, even though we just talked about it like five, six, seven days prior, we're talking it about again. This is your opportunity to galvanize your people. Even if you have that clear vision in your mind, or if you communicated it that one time at your company get together or whatever it might be, it's ineffective if you don't regularly have it show up to your team. The mistake here is not effectively conveying the vision, which then leads to misalignment and demotivation within your team. So how can you do this in an inspiring way? Well, you got to get your mind right, right? Like the CEO has to take ownership of the energy that they bring to the table because they are the spark or they're not, right? They are the ones that's lighting the fire or dampening it out. And you have to choose what kind of leader you're going to be. Even in the tough, and this is especially true in the tough times, when you are in a moment that is so hard. And listen, you are in a good company here on this show with the people tuning into this because everybody here is committed to their business, right? Like they've been growing it for a while. It means they've faced really hard times and they're still here. So when you're navigating those incredibly painful times in your business, that's when you have to be even more committed and more connected to the vision, right? And you might need to take ownership and take time before that meeting, before that event, before that webinar you're hosting, whatever it might be, to get your mind right and rally yourself around that vision and then bring it to the people that you're leading. It is your moral duty and responsibility, both for the health of the business and for the ownership of being the CEO and the leader of the direction that you're taking this. 
Another really common mistake in this specific category is really starting to neglect adaptation. And here's what I mean by that. When you're truly choosing to become a CEO, it is so critical to adapt and evolve in response to changing circumstances. And sometimes entrepreneurs stick so rigidly to their original vision because we had this conversation and you got to cast a vision and you got to write it in blood and put your name on it and it's permanent. Failing to adapt, though, when you get the information back that change is meant to come can be really detrimental. It can be as detrimental as not having a vision at all. So being prepared to assess things and use your intuition and and leverage not just knowledge, right, not just the things you're learning here, but wisdom from experience and growth and really from examination, right? True leaders and CEOs, they have time to examine the day, examine the quarter, examine the year, examine their decisions and their choices and their vision so that it can evolve and grow as it's intended to. Okay, so that's the first thing is casting vision. Now, I will say about this, we we are going deep into this step by step because I can throw at you like, go cast vision and you can get off this podcast and sit down with a blank notebook and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know exactly what categories I should be focusing on and and what does it look like to really cast a vision that a team gets behind? What does it look like to cast a vision that I get behind, right? Like that I as the visionary really want to tap, tap into and sacrifice for and that will lighten my load, not make it heavier. We have a process that we walk through in your breakthrough year. So your breakthrough year is our all-in-one resource where you get access to all of our templates, tools, resources, courses, leadership training, everything that essentially worked for us to build a multi-million dollar business over the years, we are pulling back the curtain on and it all exists in your breakthrough year. So if you're not yet on the wait list for that, go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash leader because from that wait list, you're gonna have access to even additional bonuses and first dibs on this program that we're going to be shutting the doors to. But I share that because when you are a leader and you're casting vision, because this is an evolutionary process and you are an evolutionary being, like you should be growing and evolving and changing, having the right resources at your disposal whenever you need them is part of that process to build that momentum. If you're constantly having to think like, oh, should I go try and watch a YouTube video on that? Or should I listen to this leader speak? Or should I attend this seminar? You need the process condensed. And that's why we created your breakthrough year. So we have an entire visionary process, but then we have continued resources that help you ongoing pull from this to evolve the vision. And then more importantly, to make the vision concrete, like turn the vision into an actual roadmap where you can identify where you're going and how you're getting there. Okay, so the next thing is building relationships. What do I mean by building relationships in this context of being a CEO? Well, as a CEO, CEO, it's about cultivating these authentic, meaningful connections within and outside of your organization. And this is so crucial, but it's so under leveraged. The people that I know that do this well are the people that are absolutely crushing it. Like they're seeing exponential growth instead of just uh, continuous gradual growth, right? Predictable growth. Because there's a phrase, we've all heard it. It's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I believe in that so deeply. <laughs> I have seen people who know far less than other people who have made it so much farther because they're in the right circles, around the right people. They're adding value to those people in those circles and they're receiving so much value. And you can get so much further ahead so much faster when you're in the right places 
with the right people. So here are some key reasons why making building relationships a part of your daily exercise as a true CEO, right? So you have casting vision, coming back to that vision every day, tweaking that vision, galvanizing your people around the vision, all the pieces of the vision. But then what about building relationships? Every day, every day you are seeking to nurture and develop key relationships. It builds loyalty and trust and strong relationships built on loyalty and trust among your team members or your customers or uh, people outside your organization. This leads to more uh, a foundation of a successful business and more opportunities. And with those opportunities, these relationships can help you open doors more quickly. You don't create the relationships to use the person and say, oh, I know I could leverage this person to get in this room that they have access to. However, when you have a genuine relationship, when you truly pour into people, when you stay connected, when you stay front of mind, you collaborate, you become partners in different ways throughout your career together, you don't know where that next big business opportunity might come from, which relationship that you nurtured over time that will yield and yield fruit and be incredible for the growth of you and your business. And sometimes it's just that one thing that just clicks. And that's where you enter into that exponential growth curve. I would say that building relationships is is quite possibly the strongest action step you can take as a true CEO of your business. It also builds crisis resilience. So what do I mean by that? Well, when times get tough, because they will, a network of trusted relationships can be your lifeline, right? Whether it's problem solving and you know so-and-so knows how to do X, Y, Z that you're struggling with, or just advice and support, even financial assistance during challenging periods. You don't know where you're gonna need that support, but it's through those genuine relationships where you put the the authentic and real time in upfront to build it in a, in a true, genuine way that you can then leverage and lean on that relationship when you need it. And you can also return that favor, which just makes the journey more joyful. We're meant to do this in relationships. So many of the people that are listeners of this show or clients of mine or in my mastermind, they're like me. They're super naturally independent people. And we have to sometimes at first force ourselves to do this behavior only to find, oh my gosh, it is so much better in community. It is so much better with the right people where you share the values and you share wisdom and stories and connection and love and support for one another. It is just a more enjoyable journey in life in general. And our businesses are such a big part of our life. We don't wanna have to go it alone. And then innovation, right? When you're in relationship with all different minds and you're putting those minds together and you're supporting each other, it's a diverse network that can offer fresh perspectives for you and new ideas and get you thinking outside the box or when you're stagnating, having you create in a way that's gonna get you over that hump of stagnation. And it helps drive innovation in your business. And you've heard me say this many times before, but if you're not innovating, you're stagnating and you're ultimately dying. It's just the reality of growing and being successful. And true CEOs are continuously innovating. I don't mean they're continuous, continuously pivoting, but they're innovating, right? They're taking those risks. And when you're in circles with other people who have that same frame of mind, sometimes the most innovative solutions that you'll ever lay your hands on are gonna come from brainstorming with trusted peers and people that you collaborate with or friends that you've built across 
multiple different industries, right? So the mistakes people make when it comes to this particular category of relationship building is doing everything themselves. Okay, you want to be a real CEO? You need to fire yourself from most of the roles you're in because these three things we're talking about today, if your response to that is, I don't have time for that, you don't have time to not do that. If you want to elevate up out of the weeds of your business, you want to be a true leader, You have to figure out how to prioritize this. These are the things that have to come first. And one of the ways that you're going to allow yourself the time, the margin, the space to do it is to fire yourself from the crap that you shouldn't be doing anymore. There is so much stuff. If you do an audit of your schedule, this is where rubber meets the road for all my clients. I make them pull out their calendar, pull out their schedule, show me the evidence of are you embodying leadership? Are you a hustle grind until the day you die because you're not willing to change that schedule and change your actions and your behavior and where your time is going to become that CEO? Fire yourself. Okay, this is the classic mistake of so many well-meaning entrepreneurs is they have a tough time delegating tasks because they can do it better. They know their business better and they often end up micromanaging those tasks or micromanaging the people that they finally do hire to do those tasks and leaving themselves with very little time for building valuable relationships and, and really nurturing those relationships. So this is a key piece firing that's what CEOs do. Do you think CEOs of, you know, mega corporations are posting their social media, right? Answering all their DMs, going into their customer service emails? Do you think that they're creating every marketing com- campaign? Are they, you know, sending their pitches? Are they that's not their role, right? That's not their role and it's not that you're a Fortune 100 CEO and you're not trying to become that. So we're small business owners. So we will have our hands in more than someone who has a team of a thousand people supporting them. However, you have to start to gradually get up out of those tasks and those things that are no longer yours to do if you truly want to be a CEO. The other mistake they make is when they bring people on and they do have help, they manage, they don't lead. Okay, they manage, they don't lead, which means their time is Now they're a manager. They're not a CEO. CEOs are not managers. They hire managers to manage their people. CEOs are leaders. CEOs are pulling the best out of their people and helping them become the version of themselves as leaders to further the mission, to further the vision, to make it come to life. And then finally, ignoring opportunities. I see all the time where people might turn their nose up at someone because they look at their social media following like, oh, I don't really need to nurture that relationship. They only have X amount of followers. Little do they know that that person is brilliant in tech and tech is one of the biggest issues in their business. Or they are one of the most well-connected, referred people in you know their industry and they just missed an opportunity because they misjudged them. Build the friggin' relationship. If, if it's in front of you and it can be fruitful and you can offer value, build the relationship. And then finally, last but certainly not least, my favorite thing to talk about when it comes to being a leader in your business, being a true CEO, high leverage moves. I teach this in depth. Now this, I could spend 10 podcast episodes teaching this strategy. This, I'm gonna give a very zoomed out idea of what I mean by high leverage moves, but when I work directly with my clients or if you're in your breakthrough year, you get a full synopsis on and essentially training kit on how to become a master CEO doing high leverage moves. So again, if you're not yet in and on the wait list for your breakthrough year, go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash leader. Get on that wait list. You don't want to miss what 
comes with being on that wait list. Okay. Making high leverage moves involves identifying and prioritizing the tasks and the specific actions as CEO that bring the most impact, most significant impact to your business. It's all about efficiency and strategic decision-making and it is one of, if not the, I'm trying to decide, there's so many powerful things. It's one of the most powerful things you could ever do for your business. So prioritization for impact, it ensures you're focusing your energy on the right activities that matter most. Remember when I talked before about an unproportional response? That's what we want when we say a high leverage move, right? So when you do something, let's talk about tasks on your to-do list. When you complete the task of writing the piece of copy that's going out in your newsletter, right? And you send it. It creates a pretty proportional response. Send the email, people receive the email, all is well in the world. We want unproportional responses. Like we want the, the, the leverage move you're doing to create a massive ripple effect. So it's figuring out what are the moves that when you do them every day, they propel you so much further ahead. These are the actions that usually too, it's the stuff you want to avoid, right? It's the stuff that you've delaying, you've been delaying because it's it's scary or it's outside your comfort zone or it takes a lot of work or a lot of courage or whatever it might be. By identifying those high leverage actions, you can avoid getting bogged down in the low value tasks that drain your resources right? That drain your time, that drain your energy, that drain your brain power, that drain your money because time is money. So we want to trade out those low value tasks for high leverage moves. This also allows you to shift from reactivity into proactivity. So high leverage moves encourage a proactive approach to building your business instead of constantly just reacting to circumstances, reacting to urgent matters, putting out the fires, reacting to your team, reacting to what someone said on social media. You are in control of your business's direction because you are proactive and you're choosing the moves that you know are gonna drive the business forward. And this allows also for strategic planning, right? When you know the moves that you need to take to get to that mission and vision that you already casted, you can see the natural through line as to how and when you're gonna actually make it happen. It aligns those daily actions with your long-term vision and goals and strategic plans along the way. This is huge. It's about staying on course and not losing sight of eyes on the prize making it happen. The mistakes are the flip side of being reactive and not proactive, right? One of the most common pitfalls, I think, is that people just fall into the trap of constantly just responding in their day. They open up Slack and they respond to their team. They open up their email and they respond to requests from other people. They open up their social media and they respond to comments. They open up whatever project management system and they respond to the urgent matters that are placed in front of them. And they're constantly in the urgent instead of in the intentional and the growth phase of their business. This is so key to avoid this pitfall. The other thing is overcommitting to low value tasks. You might be listening to this episode thinking, man, I don't have the capacity to do these things she's talking about. And then I would say, show me your schedule. Show me where the bulk of your time is spent. And I would I would bet the farm, the literal farm that I'm recording this from right now, that your time is tied up in low value tasks. It is so easy to get bogged down in time consuming to-do lists and you might be wearing too many hats or attending 
too many minor issues or diverting your focus from the bigger, more impactful actions, the high leverage moves. And then lack of focus, lack of strategic planning. This is just another mistake I see people make. CEOs have a clear sense of their priorities and they adhere to a strategic plan. I am ADHD, I am traditionally disorganized, but I cannot allow myself to allow those to define what I'm capable of. I wanna be a leader in my business, so I leverage discipline and the habits that I need and I put in the barriers to allow me to have those clear senses of priorities and, and stick to the strategic plan that I've created in order to get to where I'm called to go. You guys, these three things, do them for a friggin' week, see where you end up. I can't even begin to tell you. I started implementing this, I don't know what year it was, years ago. My profit, my freedom of time and my margin, like what I what originally felt like, oh my gosh, I'm taking on three additional things, ultimately freed me up and allowed for so much more growth and allowed me to have more profitability in the business to hire people to get me out of the roles that were sucking my time dry. It's unbelievable what this will do for you. But more than anything, you will finally be living in alignment with the person that you are called to be. You are called to be the leader of your business. You feel called to be the CEO. You will actually be able to be one of the few entrepreneurs that can use that phrase in earnest. Like it literally means something because you are backing it up with your actions. Here's what I can tell you. I wanna help you become the leader that you're called to be. I wanna help you break into your next level of success. I wanna help you be the CEO of your business who absolutely crushes it, but knows deep in their soul that they're doing it in alignment with their values and the purpose that they're meant to live out through this business that they've built and that the wealth that they generate and the freedom that they generate is in direct relation to the efforts that they put into the work we're doing here today. But I want to support you along the way, right? One podcast episode is not going to do it. When I tell you your breakthrough year is designed just for this hence the name. It's time to have your breakthrough year. And that includes becoming the CEO of your business. So go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash leader and it's time for your breakthrough year. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in. If this spoke to you, please share it. Get this in the hands of any and all of your small business friends, your entrepreneurial friends, your leader friends, your influencer friends, your speaker, writer friends, whoever it might be, please share it. And if it really spoke to you, please leave us a review. You can do the quick hit the five-star button, takes a millisecond, or you can take maybe a couple milliseconds and write a review. We so appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. More good stuff coming next week. Talk to you soon. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one, but you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them and it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.